this one one of your favourites? If you listen to us on Spotify, you can follow the link in the show notes to hear all the episodes in this book in one playlist so you can spend more time settling down for the night and less time scrolling. Sweet dreams. Good evening and welcome to the Sleepy Bookshelf where we put down our worries from the day and pick up a good book. I'm Elizabeth, your host. It's lovely to have you here with me tonight. This evening we'll be beginning Winnie the Pooh by A.A. Milne, illustrated by E.H. Shepherd. Together they brought this beloved bear and his friends to life in 1926. Milne borrowed details from his own life to create his idyllic fictional world. The young boy, Christopher Robin, is based on his son, who shares the same name, and the main character was inspired by one of his son's stuffed teddy bears. The Hundred Acre Wood is a nod to the Five Hundred Acre Wood in Ashdown Forest in East Sussex. Milne had a cottage nearby, and Shepard used the forest for many of his iconic illustrations. Visitors to the forest today will find commemorative plaques to the story, its characters, and its creators. I've been reading this series to my own son, Elliot, who is just eight months old, and I don't know who enjoys it more, me or him. I hope you have a great time listening to Winnie the Pooh and that it helps you get a good night's rest. Before we begin, I want you to snuggle down in bed and get comfy. Allow yourself to give in to your imagination as you follow the sound of my voice. Before you know it, you'll be fast asleep. If this is your first visit to the Sleepy Bookshelf, welcome. Don't worry if you drop off before I finish this part of the story. At the beginning of the next episode, I'll give a thorough recap. That way, you can rest easy without worrying about missing anything important. Keep in mind that all of the books on the show are selected and edited to help you fall asleep. We keep the plot lines, protagonists and antagonists, and moments of tension, but we remove anything that might be startling or upsetting to ensure you always get a good night's rest. And that's what makes this the sleepy bookshelf. Take some time here to put the day behind you. Inhale and have a nice, big stretch. And on your exhale, just relax and allow your limbs to fall heavy. Let go of any tension you're holding in your muscles. And with each exhale, sink deeper and deeper into your bed. Just take one more deep breath here. Hold it for a moment and then sigh it out. 
Now all you need to do is listen to the sound of my voice as you make your way into a peaceful sleep. And while you do that, I'll turn to the first pages of Winnie the Pooh. Chapter 1 in which we are introduced to Winnie the Pooh and some bees, and the stories begin. Here is Edward Bear, coming downstairs now, bump, 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 on the back of his head behind Christopher Robin. It is, as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs. But sometimes he feels that there really is another way, if only he could stop bumping for a moment and think of it. And then he feels that perhaps there isn't. Anyhow, here he is at the bottom and ready to be introduced to you, Winnie the Pooh. When I first heard his name, I said, just as you were going to say, but I thought he was a boy. So did I, said Christopher Robin. Then you can't call him Winnie. I don't. But you said, he's Winnie the Pooh. Don't you know what that means? Ah, yes, now I do, I said quickly. And I hope you do too, because it is all the explanation you're going to get. Sometimes, Winnie the Pooh likes a game of some sort when he comes downstairs, and sometimes he likes to sit quietly in front of the fire and listen to a story. This evening, what about a story, said Christopher Robin. What about a story, I said. Could you very sweetly tell Winnie the Pooh one now? I suppose I could, I said. What sort of stories does he like? About himself, because he's that sort of a bear. Oh, I see. So could you, very sweetly? I'll try, I said. So, I tried. Once upon a time, a very long time ago now, About last Friday, Winnie the Pooh lived in a forest all by himself under the name of Sanders. What does under the name mean? asked Christopher Robin. It means he had the name over the door in gold letters and lived under it, I said. Winnie the Pooh wasn't quite sure said Christopher Robin. Now I am, said a growly voice. Then I will go on, said I. One day, when he was out walking, he came to an open place in the middle of the forest, and in the middle of this place was a large oak tree, and from the top of the tree there came a loud, buzzing noise. Winnie the Pooh sat down at the foot of the tree, put his head between his paws 
and began to think. First of all, he said to himself, that buzzing noise means something. You don't get a buzzing noise like that, just buzzing and buzzing without its meaning something. If there's a buzzing noise, somebody's making a buzzing noise. And the only reason for making a buzzing noise that I know of is because you're a bee. Then he thought another long time and said, And the only reason for being a bee that I know of is making honey. And then he got up and said, And the only reason for making honey is so I can eat it. So he began to climb the tree. He climbed and he climbed and he climbed and as he climbed, He sang a little song to himself. It went like this. Isn't it funny how a bear likes honey? Buzz, buzz, buzz. I wonder why he does. Then he climbed a little further and a little further and then just a little further. By that time, he had thought of another song. It's a very funny thought that if bears were bees, they'd build their nests at the bottom of trees. And that being so, if the bees were bears, we shouldn't have to climb up all these stairs. He was getting rather tired by this time, So that is why he sang a complaining song. He was nearly there now, and if he just stood on that branch... Crack! Oh, help! said Pooh as he dropped ten feet on the branch below him. If only I hadn't, he said as he bounced 20 feet onto the next branch. You see, what I meant to do, he explained as he turned head over heels and crashed onto another branch, 30 feet below. What I meant to do. Of course, it was rather, he admitted, as he slithered very quickly through the next six branches. It all comes, I suppose, he decided as he said goodbye to the last branch, spun round three times and flew gracefully into a gorse bush. It all comes from liking honey so much. (laughs) Oh, help. He crawled out of the gorse bush, brushed the prickles from his nose, and began to think again, and the first person he thought of was Christopher Robin. Was that me? said Christopher Robin in an awed voice, hardly daring to believe it. That was you. Christopher Robin said nothing, but his eyes got larger 
even larger, and his face got pinker and pinker. So, Winnie the Pooh went round to his friend Christopher Robin, who lived behind a green door in another part of the forest. Good morning, Christopher Robin, he said. Good morning, Winnie the Pooh, said you. I wonder if you've got such a thing as a balloon about you. A balloon? Yes, I just said to myself coming along, I wonder if Christopher Robin has such a thing as a balloon about him. I just said it to myself, thinking of balloons and wondering. What do you want a balloon for? You said. Winnie the Pooh looked around to see that nobody was listening, put his paw to his mouth and said in a deep whisper, Honey, but you don't get honey with balloons. I do, said Pooh. Well, it just happened that you had been to a party the day before at the house of your friend Piglet and you had balloons at the party. You had a big green balloon, and one of Rabbit's relations had had a big blue one. You had left it behind, being really too young to go to a party at all, and so you had brought the green one and the blue one home with you. Which one would you like? You asked Pooh. He put his head between his paws and thought very carefully. It is like this, he said. When you go after honey with a balloon, the great thing is not to let the bees know you're coming. Now, if you have a green balloon, they might think you were only part of the tree and not notice you. And if you had a blue balloon, they might think you were only part of the sky and not notice you. And the question is, which is most likely? Wouldn't they notice you underneath the balloon? You asked. They might or they might not, said Winnie the Pooh. You never can tell with bees. He thought for a moment and said, I shall try to look like a small black cloud that will deceive them. Then you had better have the blue balloon, you said. And so it was decided. While you both went out with the blue balloon and Winnie the Pooh went to a very muddy place that he knew of, and rolled and rolled until he was black all over. And then, when the balloon was blown up as big as big, and you and Pooh were both holding on to the string, you let go suddenly, and Pooh Bear floated gracefully up into the sky and stayed there level with the top of the tree and about 20 feet away from it 
Hooray, you said. Isn't that fine? Called Winnie the Pooh down to you. What do I look like? You look like a bear holding on to a balloon, you said. Not, said Pooh anxiously. Not like a small black cloud in a blue sky. Not very much. Oh, well, perhaps from up here it looks different. And as I say, you never can tell with bees. There was no wind to blow him nearer to the tree. So there he stayed. He could see the honey. He could smell the honey. But he couldn't quite reach the honey. After a little while, he called down to you. Christopher Robin, he said in a loud whisper. Hello, you answered. I think the bees suspect something. What sort of thing? I don't know, but something tells me they're suspicious. Perhaps they think that you're after their honey. It may be that. You never can tell with bees. There was another little silence, and then he called down to you again. Christopher Robin? Yes? Have you an umbrella in your house? I think so. I wish you would bring it out here and walk up and down with it and look up at me every now and then and say, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I think if you did that, it would help the deception which we are practicing on these bees. Well, you laughed to yourself, silly old bear but you didn't say it aloud because you were so fond of him and you went home for your umbrella. Oh, there you are, called down Winnie the Pooh as soon as you got back to the tree. I was beginning to get anxious. I have discovered that the bees are now definitely suspicious. Shall I put my umbrella up? you said. Yes, but wait a moment. We must be practical. The important bee to deceive is the queen bee. Can you see which is the queen bee from down there? No. A pity. Well, now, if you walk up and down with your umbrella saying, tut, tut, it looks like rain, I shall do what I can by singing a little cloud song, such as a cloud might sing. So, while you walked up and down and wondered if it would rain, Winnie the Pooh sang this song. How sweet to be a cloud, floating in the blue. Every little cloud always sings aloud. How sweet to be a cloud 
floating in the blue, it makes him very proud to be a little cloud. The bees were still buzzing as suspiciously as ever. Some of them, indeed, left their nests and flew all round the cloud as it began the second verse of this song, and one bee sat down on the nose of the cloud for a moment, and then got up again. Christopher Robin, called out the cloud. Yes, I've just been thinking, and I have come to a very important decision. These are the wrong sorts of bees, are they? Quite the wrong sort, so I should think they would make the wrong sort of honey, shouldn't you? Would they? Yes, so I think I shall come down. How? asked you. Winnie the Pooh hadn't thought about this. If he let go of the string, he would fall, bump, and he didn't like the idea of that. So he thought for a long time, and then he said, Christopher Robin, you must pop the balloon with a rock. Have you got a rock? Of course I have, you said. But if I do that, it will spoil the balloon, you said. But if you don't, said Pooh, I shall have to let go, and that would spoil me. When he put it like this, you saw how it was, and you aimed very carefully at the balloon and tossed a rock. Ow, said Pooh. Did I miss? you asked. You didn't exactly miss said Pooh, but you missed the balloon. I'm so sorry, you said, and you tossed another one, and this time you hit the balloon, and the air came slowly out, and Winnie the Pooh floated to the ground. But his arms were so stiff from holding on to the string of the balloon all that time that they stayed up straight in the air for more than a week, and whenever a fly came and settled on his nose, he had to blow it off. And I think, but I'm not sure, that that was why he was always called Pooh. Is that the end of the story? asked Christopher Robin. Well, that's the end of that one. There are others. About Pooh and me. And Piglet. And Rabbit. And all of you. Don't you remember? I do remember. Then when I try to remember, I forget. That day when Pooh and Piglet tried to catch the heffalum. They didn't catch it, did they? No. Pooh couldn't, because he hasn't any brain. Did I catch it? 
well, that comes into the story. Christopher Robin nodded. I do remember, he said. Only Pooh doesn't very well, so that's why he likes having it told to him again, because then it's a real story and not just a remembering. That's just how I feel, I said. Christopher Robin gave a deep sigh, picked his bear up by the leg, and walked off to the door, trailing Pooh behind him. At the door, he turned and said, Coming to help me draw my bath? I might, I said. I didn't hurt him when I tossed the rock at him, did I? Not a bit. He nodded and went out, and in a moment I heard Winnie the Pooh, bump, 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 going up the stairs behind him. Chapter 2 In which Pooh goes visiting and gets into a tight place. Edward Bear, known to his friends as Winnie the Pooh, or Pooh for short, was walking through the forest one day, humming proudly to himself. He had made up a little hum that very morning as he was doing his stoutness exercises in front of the glass. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la, as he stretched up as high as he could go, and then, tra-la-la, tra-la-la, as he tried to reach his toes. After breakfast, he had said it over and over to himself until he had learned it off by heart, and now he was humming it right through properly. It went like this. Tra-la-la, 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 tra-la-la. Rum-tum, tiddle-lum-tum, tiddle-liddle, 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 tiddle-liddle. Rum-tum-tum, tiddle-lum. Well, he was humming this hum to himself and walking along happily, wondering what everybody else was doing and what it felt like being somebody else, when suddenly he came to a sandy bank, and in the bank was a large hole. Aha, said Pooh, rum-tum, tiddle-lum-tum. If I know anything about anything... That hole means rabbit, he said, and rabbit means company, he said, and company means food, and listening to me humming, and such like, rum-tum-tum-tiddlum. So he bent down, put his head into the hole, and called out, Is anybody at home? There was a sudden scuffling noise from inside the hole, and then silence. What I said was, 
Is anybody at home? Called out Pooh. No, said a voice, and then added, You needn't shout so loud. I heard you quite well the first time. Bother, said Pooh. Isn't there anybody here at all? Nobody. Winnie the Pooh took his head out of the hole and thought for a little, and he thought to himself, There must be somebody there, because somebody must have said nobody. So he put his head back in the hole and said, Hello, rabbit, isn't that you? No, said rabbit in a different sort of voice this time. But isn't that rabbit's voice? I don't think so, said rabbit. It isn't meant to be. Oh, said Pooh. He took his head out of the hole and had another think, and then he put it back and said, Well, could you very kindly tell me where Rabbit is? He has gone to see his friend Pooh Bear, who is a great friend of his. But this is me, said Bear, very much surprised. What sort of me? asked Rabbit. Pooh Bear. Are you sure? said Rabbit, still more surprised. Quite, quite sure, said Pooh. Oh, well then, come in. So Pooh pushed and pushed and pushed his way through the hole, and at last he got in. Hmm. You were quite right, said Rabbit, looking at him all over. It is you. Glad to see you. Who did you think it was? Well, I wasn't sure. You know how it is in the forest. One can't have anybody coming into one's house. One has to be careful. What about a mouthful of something? Pooh always liked a little something at eleven o'clock in the morning, and he was very glad to see Rabbit getting out the plates and mugs. And when Rabbit said, Honey or condensed milk with your bread, he was so excited that he said, Both. And then, so as not to seem greedy, he added, but don't bother about the bread, please. And after a long time after that, he said nothing, until at last, humming to himself in a rather sticky voice, he got up, shook Rabbit lovingly by the paw, and said that he must be going on. Must you? said Rabbit politely. Well said Pooh. I could stay a little longer if it, if you, and he tried very hard to look in the direction of the larder. As a matter of fact, said Rabbit, I was going out myself directly. Oh, well then, 
I'll be going gone. Goodbye. Well, goodbye. If you're sure you won't have any more. Is there any more? Asked Pooh quickly. Rabbit took the covers off the dishes and said, No, there wasn't. I thought not, said Pooh, nodding to himself. Well, goodbye. I must be going on. So he started to climb out of the hole. He pulled with his front paws and pushed with his back paws, and in a little while his nose was out in the open again, and then his ears, and then his front paws, and then his shoulders, and then... Oh, help, said Pooh. I'd better go back. Oh, bother, said Pooh. I shall have to go on. I can't do either, said Pooh. Help and bother. Now, by this time, Rabbit wanted to go for a walk too, and finding the front door full, he went out by the back door and came round to Pooh and looked at him. Hello, are you stuck? he asked. Oh, said Pooh carelessly, just resting and thinking and humming to myself. Here, give us a paw, said Rabbit. Pooh Bear stretched out a paw and Rabbit pulled and pulled and pulled. Ow, cried Pooh, you're hurting. The fact is, said Rabbit, you're stuck. It all comes, said Pooh crossly, of not having front doors big enough. It all comes, said Rabbit sternly, of eating too much. I thought at the time, said Rabbit, only I didn't like to say anything, said Rabbit. But one of us was eating too much, said Rabbit. And I knew it wasn't me, he said. Well, well, I shall go and fetch Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin lived at the other end of the forest, and when he came back with Rabbit and saw the front half of Pooh, he said, Silly old bear, in such a loving voice that everybody felt quite hopeful again. I was just beginning to think, said Bear, sniffing slightly, that Rabbit might never be able to use his front door again, and I should hate that. He said, so should I, said Rabbit. Use his front door again, said Christopher Robin. Of course he'll use his front door again. Good, said Rabbit. If we can't pull you out, Pooh, we might push you back. Rabbit scratched his whiskers thoughtfully 
and pointed out that when once Pooh was pushed back, he was back, and of course, nobody was more glad to see Pooh than he was. Still, there it was. Some lived in trees, and some lived underground. You mean I'd never get out, said Pooh. I mean, said Rabbit, that having got so far, seems a pity to waste it. Christopher Robin nodded. Then there's only one thing to be done, he said. We shall have to wait for you to get thin again. How long does getting thin take? asked Pooh anxiously. About a week, I should think. I can't stay here for a week. You can stay here all right, silly old bear. It's getting you out, which is so difficult. We'll read to you, said Rabbit cheerfully. And I hope it won't snow, he added. And I say, old fellow, you're taking up a good deal of room in my house. Do you mind if I use your back legs as a towel horse? Because, I mean, there they are, doing nothing. It would be very convenient just to hang the towels on them. A week, said Pooh, gloomily. What about meals? I'm afraid no meals, said Christopher Robin, because of getting thin quicker. But we will read to you. Bear began to sigh and then found he couldn't because he was so tightly stuck. And a tear rolled down his eye as he said, Then would you read a sustaining book such as would help and comfort a wedged bear in great tightness? So for a week, Christopher Robin read that sort of book at the north end of Pooh, and Rabbit hung his washing on the south end, and in between Bear felt himself getting slenderer and slenderer. And at the end of the week, Christopher Robin said, Now! So he took hold of Pooh's front paws and Rabbit took hold of Christopher Robin, and all Rabbit's friends and relations took hold of Rabbit, and they all pulled together. And for a long time, Pooh only said, Ow, and Oh, and then, all of a sudden, he said, Pop, just as if a cork were coming out of a bottle and Christopher Robin and Rabbit and all Rabbit's friends and relations went head over heels backwards, and on top of them came Winnie the Pooh, free. So, with a nod of thanks to his friends, he went on with his walk through the forest, humming proudly to himself. But Christopher Robin looked after him lovingly and said to himself, Silly old bear. 
chapter 3, in which Pooh and Piglet go hunting and nearly catch a woozle. The Piglet lived in a very grand house in the middle of a beech tree, and the beech tree was in the middle of the forest, and the Piglet lived in the middle of the house. Next to his house was a piece of broken board which had Trespassers W on it. When Christopher Robin asked the piglet what it meant, he said it was his grandfather's name and had been in the family for a long time. Christopher Robin said you couldn't be called Trespassers W and Piglet said, yes, you could, because his grandfather was, and it was short for Trespassers Will, which was short for Trespassers William, and his grandfather had two names in case he lost one, Trespassers, after an uncle, and William, after Trespassers. I've got two names, said Christopher Robin carelessly. Well, there you are. That proves it, said Piglet. One fine winter's day, when Piglet was brushing away the snow in front of his house, he happened to look up, and there was Winnie the Pooh. Pooh was walking round and round in a circle, thinking of something else, and when Piglet called to him, he just went on walking. Hello, said Piglet. What are you doing? Hunting, said Pooh. Uh, Hunting what? Tracking something, said Winnie the Pooh very mysteriously. Tracking what? said Piglet, coming closer. That's just what I ask myself. I ask myself, what? What do you think you'll answer? I shall have to wait until I catch up with it, said Winnie the Pooh. Now, look there. He pointed to the ground in front of him. What do you see there? Tracks, said Piglet. Paw marks. He gave a little squeak of excitement. Oh, Pooh, do you think it's a woozle? It may be, said Pooh. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. You never can tell with paw marks. With these few words, he went on tracking, and Piglet, after watching him for a minute or two, ran after him. Winnie the Pooh had come to a sudden stop and was bending over the tracks in a puzzled sort of way. What's the matter? asked Piglet. It's a very funny thing, said Bear. But there seems to be two animals now. This 
whatever it was, has been joined by another, whatever it is, and the two of them are now proceeding in company. Would you mind coming with me, Piglet, in case they turn out to be hostile animals? Piglet scratched his ear in a nice sort of way and said that he had had nothing to do until Friday and would be delighted to come, in case it really was a woozle. You mean, in case it is really two woozles, said Winnie the Pooh. And Piglet said that anyhow, he had nothing to do until Friday. So, off they went together. There was a small spinny of large trees just here, and it seemed as if the two woozles, if that is what they were, had been going round this spinny. So, round this spinny went Pooh and Piglet after them. Piglet passed the time by telling Pooh what his grandfather, Trespassers W., had done to remove stiffness after tracking, and how his grandfather, Trespassers W., had suffered in his later years from shortness of breath and other matters of interest. And Pooh wondered what a grandfather was like, and if perhaps this was two grandfathers they were after now, and if so, whether he would be allowed to take one home and keep it, and what Christopher Robin would say. And still, the tracks went on in front of them. Suddenly, Winnie the Pooh stopped and pointed excitedly in front of him. Look! What? said Piglet with a jump, and then... To show that he hadn't been frightened, he jumped up and down once or twice more in an exercising sort of a way. The tracks, said Pooh. A third animal has joined the other two. Pooh, said Piglet. Do you think it is another whistle? No, said Pooh, because it makes different marks. It is either two woozles and one, as it might be, whizzle, or two, as it might be, whizzles, and one, if so it is, woozle. Let us continue to follow them. So they went on, feeling just a little anxious now, in case the three animals in front of them were of hostile intent, and Piglet wished very much that his grandfather T.W. were there instead of elsewhere, and Pooh thought how nice it would be if they met Christopher Robin suddenly, but quite accidentally, and only because he liked Christopher Robin so much. And then, all of a sudden, Winnie the Pooh stopped again and licked the tip of his nose in a cooling manner, for he was feeling more hot and anxious than ever in his life before. There were 
four animals in front of them. Do you see, Piglet? Look at their tracks. Three, as it were, woozles, and one, as it was, whistle. Another woozle has joined them. And so it seemed to be. There were the tracks crossing over each other here, getting muddled up with each other there. But, quite plainly, every now and then, the tracks of four sets of paws. Thank you.